Welcome to Luke 21 Radio, a broadcast explaining biblical prophecy in the tradition of St. Augustine. And now, from Greenville, South Carolina, here's your host, Steve Wood. Hello, this is Steve Wood, and welcome to Luke 21 Radio. Well, today we're going to get into it. We're going to be talking about the rapture, and I'm hoping, really hoping, that what I give you is an easy-to-understand Catholic explanation of what is termed the rapture. And I realize that Catholics generally don't use that term, rapture, but uh, we're going to give it our best today to give an explanation of what is meant by that term that is solid, that is in line with the church fathers, in line with the best of Greek research tools, in line with the Bible itself. But before we begin, this is one we really need to pray for. Lord, open our eyes that we may behold wondrous things out of thy word. Amen. Okay, here's the term for today, and the term is rapture. I am not going to give you a definition of the term since uh, that's what the whole broadcast is basically about, and realize that those who believe in the rapture at any moment school of prophecy called dispensationalism will have a far different definition. So what I'm going to do is point you to the passage in Thessalonians that basically the term refers to, and it's in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 16 and 17. And if you have a Bible, this would be a real good time to grab it and open it up. And I'll read these two verses. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a cry of command, with the archangel's call, and with the sound of the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive, who are left, shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we shall always be with the Lord. Now, the rapture verse is actually verse 17. I read to you verses 16 and 17 because it's one sentence, and I wanted to get the context. And if you have your own Bible, there are two phrases that you want to underline. First, where it says, we shall be caught up, caught up. That's one phrase you want to underline. And then the second is to meet, where it says, we'll be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And that word caught up in the Revised Standard Version, Catholic edition, and this is the translation of the Bible I'm recommending, the RSVCE, the words caught up refer to what people call the rapture. That's it right there. Okay, now here's an interesting thing. Even though Catholics don't generally refer to what's going on here in this verse as the rapture, the word in English, rapture, comes from the Catholic Bible, the Latin Vulgate. It's the word rapiamur, 
which is in 1 Thessalonians 4.17. It comes from a Latin root, rapio, and it literally means to uh, snatch something up, to grab something and catch it up or snatch it away. And that's the word translated by many or termed by many as rapture. It comes from the Catholic Bible. Now, I need to mention, again, uh, the question about the rapture isn't in a necessarily a Catholic versus uh, Protestant debate, because there are many Protestant groups, unfortunately, you don't hear too much from them as you do the others, that are in agreement of what is being taught here in 1 Thessalonians 4.17, when it says we shall be caught up to meet the Lord in the air, and the dispensational group, the rapture at any moment group, is much more complicated, and we're going to try to tackle that in a couple of weeks. But I want to give you the Catholic understanding, and the nice thing about the Catholic understanding, it's not only the biblical understanding, which is obviously a tremendous benefit, but it's also much simpler to understand. Okay, let's let's see if we can get it here. There will be two groups of Christians at the second coming of Christ at the end of history, okay? In other words, uh, all Catholics believe, well, actually all Christians believe, true Christians, that Christ will come again. As you saw him go into heaven, he will come back at the second coming. At the end of history, at the second coming, there's going to be two groups of Christians, those who, in the words of Thessalonians, verse 13 and 14 of this chapter, chapter 4, who are asleep, it says in verse 13, we would not have you ignorant, brethren, concerning those who are asleep, that you may not grieve as others do who have no hope. Now, that's basically a, a, a metaphor. In other words, those who die in faith aren't dead dead. In other words, that's not the end. And these brand new Catholics in the church of Thessalonica were a little upset because some of their friends and family members had died before Christ came again, his second coming. And they were very concerned what was going to happen to those. And it says, when Christ comes back, 1 Thessalonians 4.16 says, and the dead in Christ will rise first. In other words, when a person dies, okay, his soul goes into eternity, and we're not going to get into exactly all the differences between heaven and purgatory and such, but simply the soul goes into eternity and the body goes into the grave. And what this is saying is at the second coming, the bodies of those who have died faithful in Christ will be raised. What do you mean? Well, just like on Good Friday, they put Jesus's body into a tomb. And on Easter morning, the only thing left in the tomb were the clothes they had wrapped his body in. He had been raised from the dead, and he was real. He wasn't a spook. You know, he made a, a fire and cooked fish on the shores of the Sea of Galilee. 
Mary thought he was the gardener. I mean, he, he had a body, a resurrected body, a new body, one not uh, subjected to disease and death and sickness and pain and aging and aches and pains. No, it's a perfect, perfect human body. Okay, that's what Jesus had. And those Christians who had died in faith, Paul says, they will be raised. The dead in Christ are going to be raised first. So you don't have to worry about those guys, he's saying. Now, it's obvious that there will be a generation alive at the end. And this generation, as we're going to learn as we get to 2 Thessalonians, are going to go through some very hard times. But there will be Christians alive when Christ returns. And that's when Paul says, And we who are alive, verse 17, who are left, shall be caught up. That's the Latin root from which we get the English word rapture from. Okay? So, in other words, those in their graves, their souls are with Christ in heaven. Okay? When he comes, they come with him. And their bodies are reunited with their souls, with Jesus. And then those who are alive are caught up, just snatched, and meet Christ in the air. And experience not just their souls being caught up, but obviously their bodies, and their bodies transformed at that time. Now, ask yourself this question. And while you're at it, ask your children, ask your youth group, and ask your parishioners if you're a deacon or priest, where do you expect to spend eternity? And generally, you're going to get answers like, well, um, somewhere up there in heaven, somewhere, uh, up in the clouds or in the air, now, this, this could be a book, literally. I'm just giving you a big hint. You get your eschatology right, and you'll increase the hope of eternal life in the lives of your children, your students, your parishioners by about a hundredfold. Honestly, do a lot of people really want to spend eternity floating around in a cloud? And that's what a lot of people are going around um, thinking that's where it is, that you're going to be... Uh, raptured, you're going to meet Christ in the clouds, and then you'll go up to heaven somewhere for all eternity. Okay. Now, I asked you to underline two phrases in 1 Thessalonians 4.17, caught up and to meet. Now, what does it mean to meet the Lord in the air? Well, it's this. Let me give you an illustration. When Pope Benedict XVI flew into Andrews Air, Air Force Base on April 20th in 2008, President George Bush and First Lady Laura Bush went out to Andrews Air Force Base to meet Pope Benedict. And I don't know if I've ever criticized George Bush on this broadcast or not, but congratulations are due where they're due for the first time in the American history that any president has gone out to Andrews Air Force Base to greet a foreign dignitary, George and Laura Bush went out to meet the Holy Father, Pope Benedict XVI, and congratulations to him. 
Why? Because he was a extra special guest that had come to the United States, and they went out to meet him. Now, let me ask you, after they met him, as he came down the plane, did George and Laura and Pope Benedict go get a burger in the airport restaurant and then checked into the airport Hilton and just stay at the airport? No. They went out to meet him, and then they came back with him to Washington, D.C., The rapture verse in 1 Thessalonians 4.17 is describing the second coming of Christ using the terminology of greeting Caesar or a great dignitary in the ancient world. They would get the leading citizens, they would dress up in their finest clothes, and it was a great privilege. They would go out of the city, meet the incoming royal king, Caesar, and accompany him with great honor back to the city. And (laughs) you're going to be surprised, and we're going to have to dig into this next week, but heaven isn't up there somewhere on the cloud. You'll be up in the clouds uh, for approximately, I would say, between one to two nanoseconds. That's it. Not eternity, literally a nanosecond. And the Bible says the time period this will take is a twinkling of an eye. That quick, okay? After that, well, you're just going to have to tune in next week to Luke 21 Radio. This is Episode 8 of Luke 21 Radio, and I'm your host, Steve Wood. Luke 21 is a radio outreach of Family Life Center International. To learn more about biblical prophecy and to order copies of Luke 21 broadcasts, visit us online at luke21.com.